This is the message from Connection Community Church for the Sunday, June 23rd, 2013. Superheroes of the Bible, Paul. Perseverance in the face of great challenges, eh? That's what we're going to be looking at this morning as we continue our, hero, our uh, series on superheroes of the Bible. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. My name is Alan Jones. By the way, are you comfortable this morning? Yeah. You know, our old chairs were one-hour chairs. These are like all-day chairs, so we just so bad, we're going to be preaching for a while today. Actually, we want to do a shout-out to Joy Wiseman, the head of the trustees, and her trustees, and all, anybody else who, these things came in. We had to put the, have the backs, screw them on, and take the old ones out, put these in. So we just want to say thanks to all those who... Uh, Made it so we can preach for hours on end. Amen, yeah. amen, amen. Here we go. Um, we're two sinners. We've been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you so much for today. It's a day that you've made, a day that we rejoice, and we're glad in it. Lord, settle us in so that we might receive your word found in scripture that we might learn and grow and be changed and transformed. We give this time to you in Jesus' name and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And everybody gathered said, Amen. Amen. And so it's week four of our uh, Superheroes of the Bible series. And today our superhero is a man who we actually introduced last week. Last Sunday we focused on a guy named Ananias. But in order to fully understand his story, we took a brief look at a guy named Saul. He also goes by Paul. In chapter 13, it says, uh, gives his name, then also Paul. And then for the rest of the time, he's Paul. What it is, is Saul's his Hebrew name. Uh, uh, Paul is his Roman name. He was both a Hebrew and a Roman. So we get a taste of both. So when we say the Saul in the scripture, but Paul, you'll understand it's the same guy, okay? I don't know why he had to have two names, but he did. So Paul, anyway, and um, that's what we're talking about. Uh, in order... Um, He's our superhero for this morning. He is our superhero for this morning. Paul was part of a Jewish sect known as the Pharisees. They were people who held to the very strict letter of the law, both the oral law and the written law of the Jews. And this guy, Paul, saw zealously, we said this last week, zealously persecuted the followers of, of Jesus. And he was making a trip. He was on his way to Damascus to persecute even more Christians when a bright light from heaven came down, struck him down. He was blinded for three days. But while he's down there on the ground, uh, he hears a voice from heaven, and the voice says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul said, Well, who are you? And it was none other than Jesus Christ. Saul remained blind for three days. And so now we uh, go back to our superhero of last week. What was his name? Ananias. Awesome. And here's what the Lord told Ananias to do. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. 
he got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Okay, so from this point on, Paul was never again the same. The rest of his life was dedicated to sharing the story of Jesus Christ, to share the good news that Jesus did indeed come as Savior of the world, especially to the non-Jewish world. That's why, you know, I think they called him Paul because that was his non-Jewish name. And so he lived out uh, what the Lord told Ananias. We looked at this again last week, what would happen. Take a look. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. Say the last line with me. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Okay, so that last line, I will show him how much he must suffer for my name, is kind of our focus this morning. Can you imagine, um, even if you, before you know what this whole Jesus thing is about, that the Lord's going to let you know not only that you're going to suffer, but how much you're going to suffer in his name. Now, I was in sales, and... I'm not sure this is the best way to sell this thing. You know what I'm saying? Up front, just you tell all the challenges, all the hardships, all the tough points. But, so, uh, but apparently it worked with Saul. Maybe that knocking him down, blinding him for three days on the road to Damascus. That must have been pretty convincing because he was a faithful follower the rest of his life. From that point on, Paul embarked on several missionary journeys throughout the journeys throughout the Mediterranean Sea and um, in the areas of Greece to share the good news of Jesus Christ, to share that Jesus was the Son of the living God. Remember that people were waiting for a Messiah, especially the Jews were waiting for the Messiah, and he was saying he was it, that Jesus was it, that he had died and risen to free us from sin. Paul established churches all across the region in, in that part of the world, and, and our Bible in the New Testament, Paul has, uh, is credited to 13 out of the 27 books in the New Testament. So the writings of Paul are, are critical in what we learn about the church and in our behavior together and his writings about who Jesus was. So that's his writings have heavily influenced our understanding of God and the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And Paul was absolutely dedicated to sharing the good news of Jesus, primarily with the Gentile or the non-Jewish world, but with anybody who he came in contact with. And in so doing, he was absolutely dedicated to following where God would lead him to make that happen. And this, there's a passage in chapter 10, uh, 16 of the book of Acts that gives us some insight into that. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus did not allow them to do that. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. 
After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. And so Paul was absolutely and completely dedicated to trying to follow God's direction, changing plans as he felt led by God to do so. And here's just a little side note here. As you see this, Paul as a superhero, you know, a lot of superheroes have sidekicks, right? Well, throughout his adventures, he's always got traveling pan. He always got sidekicks. He's got Silas. He's got Barnabas. He's got, the list goes on and on. So just a little bonus for this morning, you know, the sidekick for the uh, superhero piece. So even though Paul was a dedicated follower of Jesus, his life was full of suffering, just as the Lord had shown him from the very beginning of his conversion. We saw that in the scripture we just referred to. Now, when we take a look at Paul as our superhero, one of the stories we want to talk about is found in the 16th chapter of Acts. Here we meet Paul. His sidekick is Silas, and they were going to a place of prayer, probably an assembly with others where they could pray together, and they were met by a slave girl who had a spirit in which she predicted the future. Now, when I say spirit, I don't mean a capital S spirit, Holy Spirit. I mean a little s spirit. She earned a lot of money by fortune telling, and she was a slave girl. And so she did follow Paul and Silas around, you know, to anyone who would listen, she would say, they are servants of the Most High God. And she was telling everyone how they could be saved. Now, this seems like a commercial for Paul and Silas. It seems like a really good thing, doesn't it? It's not. It's not. The problem is, this girl was being led by a spirit other than the Holy Spirit. And that's never good. I'm going to say that again. When we are led by a spirit other than the Holy Spirit, that is what? Never good. Well, she kept this up for a couple days. And then Paul, he was troubled by it. And he commanded the spirit to come out of her in the name of Jesus. And at that moment, the spirit left her. And so that seems like a good thing for the girl, right? Yeah, and it was. But not everybody saw it that way. Especially, she was a slave girl, especially her owners who were making the cash off of her fortune telling. You want to upset somebody? Mess with their, uh, with their way of earning a living. Amen? And they messed with these guys earning a living through her fortune telling. And so they seized Paul and Silas and hauled them to a magistrate. Now, I'm going to go off text here a little bit. It doesn't say that I'm only imagining. It's kind of an alanization. But Paul and Silas are from out of town, right? These local handlers are probably in town, the magistrate. They probably, <clears throat> well, let's just say they know each other, you know, they maybe have a connection. The out-of-town boys are messing with the guys who are earning a living. <clears throat> they haul them before the magistrate. Paul and Silas are stripped, they're flogged, they're, you know, whipped, 
and severely whipped and then thrown into prison. And the jailer was told to carefully guard them. What that means is if they get out, <laughs> you're done. I mean, done. done. <laughs> and they were put into an inner cell and their feet were fastened in the stocks. They didn't want anything happening to these two characters. They were going to get justice with these guys. Well, the story gets pretty interesting, pretty exciting. At about midnight, Scripture tells us that Paul and Silas, imagine them, they're in this inner room, they're, they're bound, and they are singing hymns to God. They are worshiping the Lord, they're praying, and all the other prisoners were listening. And then there was a sudden and violent earthquake and all the chains just came off of everybody and the jailer woke up and he saw what had happened and he said he was going to kill himself because he knew that he was going to probably die anyway for, because all the prisoners were going to run away and Paul stopped him, assuring him that everybody was still there and the jailer was so overcome, so overwhelmed by what had happened that he asked Paul and Silas what he could do to be saved. He was told that if he believed in the Lord Jesus, put his trust in Christ, that he and his household would be saved. The jailer and his household were then baptized as a sign that they were claiming Jesus Christ as their savior. They all had dinner together. And then the following day, the magistrate instructed the jailer to release Paul and Silas. That's a heck of a story, isn't it? That's an awesome story. But, you know, it's just one of many stories that point to Paul as a superhero of the faith. His courage, his strength, his joy in the Lord, his perseverance all point to him as a superhero. Can you imagine being severely whipped and imprisoned and that very same day at midnight singing hymns to the... You know, I imagine asking God, why did you put me in this situation, Lord? Lord, I thought I was your, on your side. Look what happened. No, they're not saying that, are they? They're praising the Lord, singing hymns and being a model for the other prisoners and not only them, but for the jailer as well. Can you not imagine not escaping when you had the chance? The doors flung open, the chains. Can you imagine? Most of us would want to flee and get freedom. Well, they were already free. They had freedom in Christ. They were free. They had the freedom to sing at midnight, even though uh, they seemed to be bound. Um, and what this then did was be a witness to that jailer who asked, what it would take. This, this jailer who was about to take his own life, but instead they offered him everlasting life in the name of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but it's hard to even imagine what this Paul guy was like, especially, I mean, for me, I can't speak for you, but for me, my kingdom work has been pretty cushy in comparison to what Paul was called to. Can I get an amen from anybody on that? Yeah. So I, I can't imagine the hardship that Paul and his sidekicks endured as they went about sharing the name of Jesus Christ at that time and that place. 
Now this example we gave is certainly not the only example. We find in Paul's second letter to the church at Corinth, so in your Bible it's 2 Corinthians, and that, this takes place in Greece, that Paul was concerned about some false apostles. The apostles were the leaders who went around and started churches and kind of got them going and kept them going. And Paul was concerned that these apostles were leading the church astray, that they weren't really focused on the right, on the right thing, which was Jesus Christ. Now, this next scripture that we're going to take a look at, Paul's purpose here is not to boast, but to help the people see that whatever these false apostles share... They were trying to sell themselves as these super apostles. Paul had done much, much more than that. He wasn't saying, look at me, but he was trying to say, you know, following Christ is hard and we need to keep the faith. He boasts in his suffering. Now, how hard is that? He boasts in his suffering on behalf of Jesus. Not to pump himself up, but to help the people realize that the false prophets aren't all they are saying they are. So take a look at 2 Corinthians 11. Mm -hmm. Here's what Paul says. Whatever anyone else dares to boast about, I'm speaking as a fool, I also dare to boast about, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with, robs, uh, with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night at sea and a day in the open sea. A night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. <clears throat> I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches who is weak and I do not feel weak. Who is led into sin, and I do not inwardly burn? I must boast. I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, who is to be praised forever, knowing, knows that I am not lying. Wow, that's pretty intense. I mean, he says five times he received 39 lashes. Three times beaten with rods, once pelted with stones, three times shipwrecked, imprisoned frequently. So much for a life of glamour in Christ. Wow. Let's take a look again at our definition of superhero. Can you read that with me, please? A character in a film or story who has special strength and uses it to do good things and help other people. You know, I think Paul has several special strengths, but one most apparent this morning is perseverance, I would say. Perseverance. Paul hung in there no matter what in order to share 
Jesus with those who, uh, especially those who didn't know him, who'd never heard the story, those who possibly didn't even know who the God of Israel was, with those whose eternal destiny was at stake. It certainly wasn't about Paul. It was all about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, no matter what it took. Listening to God for direction and dealing with whatever came his way. Perseverance. Here's what he says later on in that same book of Acts. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Isn't that an awesome scripture? My life is worth nothing. It's because his life is embedded in Christ. His only aim is to finish the race and complete the task that was given to him through Christ. Paul was willing to persevere no matter what in order to faithfully carry out God's plan for him in order to faithfully share the good news of God's grace in Jesus Christ to, to whoever would listen. Mm. It's kind of a paradox, isn't it? You know, we sometimes think, gosh, if I come to Christ, my life is going to be so different. True. It's going to be so much better. True. And I'll leave all my troubles behind. Well, it depends on what you call troubles. <laughs> Maybe your old troubles. It doesn't mean all of your challenges in life are going to be left behind, does it? I mean, look at some of the challenges Paul had. Whipped 39, 40 minus 1 means the law said you can't whip 40, so it was one less than the absolute limit of what you could be whipped. Shipwrecked, stone. I mean, wow, uh, did I really sign on for this? I'm, but yes, uh, God's going to use us where God needs us to share the kingdom. And that's a challenge some days, isn't it? Perseverance can be very tough. Running the race can be really difficult, especially when we're running an obstacle course. Especially if we don't remember who's with us, who we are and whose we are. You know, some of you are here today, this might be your first time here. Might be your first time in a church ever, first time in a church in a long time. You're going, whoa, uh, is this what the deal is? Well, part of it, yeah. Part of it, we're called to follow where God leads, and God's going to take us to places we might not have gone on our own. And it's an incredible journey, and it's going to be challenging, but the thing to remember, God is always with us. And whether it's the first step, or whether we know Jesus, and we're trying to go deeper, or maybe Jesus is, like, really important to us, or maybe Jesus is, is the absolute center of our life, God's going to, we're going to be challenged, aren't we? And that's okay, because God is with us. And God's going to allow us to have experiences as we share Christ to the people God lets us know, need to know who Christ is. As we uh, are allowed the privilege of reaching out to people whose um, eternal um, future um, is going to be made possibly different by the contact we have sharing Christ with them. What an awesome opportunity despite the obstacles and challenges and hardships. 
God does give us the strength we need to persevere. As I look out at many of you, don't get nervous, I'm not going to call anybody out, (laughs) but many of you have stayed the course, you've persevered because your foundation is in Christ. Whether it's um, a financial challenge or the death of a loved one or um, the loss of, of something that meant so incredibly, uh, it was so important to you. It could be a, a change in your health status. It could be, um, well, you feel an addiction where every day you're just trying one more day, one more day, one more day. And actually, that should be true for all of us. One more day, Lord, that we can walk it out and trust you no matter what. No matter what. You know, my family's been thrown a curveball this week with, with my, our mom, my mom's health. And, you know, things are looking a little different this week than they were last week. But we feel the presence of the Lord. I cannot imagine what this would be like if she didn't know Christ and if we didn't feel the body of believers and the prayers and and Jesus. Because I want to be able to say, when I meet Jesus face to face, well done, good and faithful servant, and that's about perseverance. We get curveballs. And to hold tight and be faithful instead of getting knocked off our horse and saying, well, I don't know where God is. We're all guilty of that sometimes. But to say, okay, you are the everlasting God. Allie Wiseman is um, an awesome uh, little young person. She's going into fourth grade, and, and we've been talking a lot about her faith, and she wants to be baptized. And I asked her to, to write something to tell me what's really in her heart because she spoke it, but I think it's important to write it. And she handed it to me this morning, and I have permission to read uh, part of this. Allie writes, My favorite part about Jesus is that his love is everlasting. That means his love will carry us whatever we meet, for whatever we meet. His love is everlasting. I am... Very, 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 very glad that I asked Jesus into my heart. God is the best thing ever, exclamation point, on heaven and on earth. I am God's daughter, and I am glad that I am, exclamation point. I am one of God's sheep, and he is my shepherd, exclamation point. He will make sure I don't run away. I will always stay with him, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. (laughs) Friends, this is what it takes. So if our fourth grade Allie Wiseman can put her trust in the Lord, how about us? To walk it out each and every day, and it's because God's love is everlasting that we can trust and we can do just that. Paul is a great 
uh, example of somebody who did that, but we know that our Savior Jesus Christ is the ultimate example, and it's in him that we put everything we've got, our trust in him. We hope that today you'll take that in wherever you are, uh, whatever's going on in your life, and, um, and know that you are cradled in the arms of a Savior. As we sing this last song in worship, you're invited to pray from your seats, talk to Jesus. You can come up on the steps and pray, and there will be prayer, uh, somebody who will pray with you in the back if, if you're so led. Uh, if you need help back there, they'd love to pray with you. Don't miss an opportunity to speak to God and ask God to hold you tight so that we can persevere. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for this day that we could share together as a community of faith to support one another along our journey, to hold one another up when life knocks us down. God, we're so grateful. Thank you for your salvation, your love. We pray that if there's anyone here that doesn't claim you as their Savior, that today would be the day that they would say, here I am, Lord. Lead me. I'm sorry, Lord. And thank you. God, we just give you this time, we give you ourselves. In the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit, and everybody gathered said, amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers. Thank you.